in a world that tells us that if you're not happy, you can just change your job, end your relationship, start a new one, have a baby, get a puppy or five. We are constantly facing change in the pursuit of happiness. And yet, deep down, we resist this so much because nobody teaches us how to navigate transitions. Well, I'm here to change that. Join me and my guests every week to find the inspiration and actionable steps to dive into your next great chapter. Let's write it together. Hello, everybody. This week, I have with me Joe Portia. She is a sexual wealth coach focusing on somatic healing by creating spaces for women to rise in love and pleasure with their authentic sexuality. So today's is going to be a very juicy podcast. I can't wait to hear more about sexual wealth coaching. But first, Joe, I would love to hear about all the chapters in your life that got you to this point. Oh, man, there is a long story in terms of how I got here. But I think the best one I could probably say is that life actually called me into this kind of work and into what I do today, but also into the journey that unfolded. Um, I have always worked in the, I guess, spirit of self-expression. I was a hairstylist for about 10 years before moving into corporate as a director of community for a company called Visco. And during that period of time was when I started to embark on my own wellness journey, which ultimately was a self-love journey. How that started was, you know, like most women in this patriarchal society, we are often uh, leading a life that leads into burnout, um, overwhelm, anxiety, and depression. And I'm no stranger to anxiety and depression. As a matter of fact, growing up, I experienced a lot of anxiety and depression and mental health issues, not only due to my upbringing. I was born in, um, or not born, but I was raised in an environment where there was a lot of domestic violence. I myself experienced um, sexual trauma and sexual abuse at a young age, underneath the age of 18. And so when I began to experience mental health issues or anxiety and depression in my almost 30s. I was 29 at the start of my wellness journey. I was like, holy shit, I cannot be in the same place that I was when I was a teenager. That's not available to me in this moment. I have two young children who rely on me and a community that I support and a team that I lead in this startup. I need to figure out what is making me happy, what's going to bring me joy, what's going to bring me pleasure, what's going to also bring me back home into my body. So I started my wellness journey in 2013. And I began sharing that journey online in the most raw and authentic ways that I possibly knew, which was I'm a woman of color. There are no people who look like me pioneering the health and wellness industry. So I have no idea what it means to be healthy and what it means to put my well-being first, especially as a daughter of immigrants. And so I shared a lot of that journey online. And that over time grew this gigantic following under my old brand name, which is Go Fit Joe. And that journey, like many journeys, will evolve into something new and something different. At the time, I was married to my ex-husband. And in about 2018, after this exploration of moving my body, getting in touch with my soma, right, like the somatic aspect of my experience, I was like, wait a second, I don't know what turns me on as a woman. 
I also don't think all the messages that I've ever listened to about what it means to be in my own pleasure is actually my own. I know that there was a version of me when I was younger, when I believed that women could be fully expressed in their sexuality and their sensuality, and they can have as many fucking lovers as they want, you know, and also all of the, you know, duality and the um, double edged standards or the double standards that we experience in society. I was like, all of that is bullshit. And so in 2018, I really deep dive into exploring my own sexuality And part of the reason of that was because my eldest child, both of my children are non-binary and they are now 19 and 13. Uh, They were born with the assigned gender of females. Just that gives a little bit of color of who who I serve and who my kids are. Um, At the time, during my whole sexual awakening or exploration of self, in that way, my daughter or my eldest child, excuse me, uh, was 15 years old. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, fuck, if I don't have a new narrative of what it means to be a person who experiences their pleasure on their own without the patriarchal societal norms, how am I going to give my children that wisdom? What am I teaching them when it comes to their body, sexuality, pleasure, self-expression, eroticism, erotic intelligence, and relational intelligence? Am I going to be the mother that constantly or consistently passes down the same messaging of my mother and my mother before her and the mothers before her who were colonized under Spanish rule? And it was literally in that moment where I was like, oh shit, I got to decolonize my body. I got to decolonize my pleasure. I have to really figure out what is turning me on from the inside and outside because this aspect of me is my aliveness. The erotic is our life force energy and I'm not connected to that. And I can't teach anybody how to be connected to that either. And so that was the exploration for myself in 2018 that also led me into, again, decolonizing my marriage at the time. And what that really looked like was deeply examining the aspects of the relationship that were pretty much compulsively passed down because that's what you thought you were supposed to do as a woman. And that's what you thought you were supposed to subscribe to in terms of marriage and the ways in which you operate and behave and the coding around all of that. And my journey in pleasure actually led me into exploring non-monogamy with my ex-husband. And in our non-monogamous exploration, I met or fell in love with um, a secondary partner while my husband, my ex-husband at the time, was also playing around with his dates and having that exploration of non-monogamy. And um, I began to learn through just experiencing myself in other non-monogamous containers with other people that the relationship that I was in with my husband was not in alignment with my truth. And it was also in the coaching, um, in coaching my clients when my clients would ask to be guided through certain things where I remember thinking to myself, holy shit, I am not living in integrity with the words that is coming out of my mouth and the relationship that I've been in for nearly 12 years of marriage and 16 years of my life is one that is not aligned with the person I am becoming. 
And so I think like in some of my transformation journeys, a lot of it was divorce and pleasure and figuring all those pieces out. And, you know, here I am today in 2023. Um, I like to refer to myself as a sexual wealth coach, but I'm essentially a tantric sex and relationship coach or certified tantric sex and relationship coach. And to me, I think the reason why I refer to myself as a sexual wealth coach is because I truly help uh, women and people experience abundance and embody abundance in erotic and relational intelligence. And what that ultimately looks like is a culmination of presence, abundance, prosperity, pleasure, and peace in one's identity as it relates to sexuality or sexual expression. And, you know, I think like, why I do what I do? Most of us have been raised with stories around sex and sexuality and the body and love and relationships that are fear-based and filled with scarcity. And what I'd love to do is really flip that on its head and teach people that the abundance and the radiance and the vitality that we're looking for is all inside of us. The end. We're going to end it there. <laughs> that was so good. Oh my gosh. Okay. Woo. Okay. So I want to hear the part where you were saying before you decolonize your body and your soma and how, how was that patriarchal woman structure and how was the liberated one mm. reflect both of them so people can get a better idea yeah yeah so I've been thinking a lot about the identity that you know us women carry as as we navigate through the, this world and I, I did not have the structure that most women and the patriarchy have, which is uh, the man is the provider and he is the one providing the structure and the security for the home. And the woman is just kind of there with the children, et cetera, et cetera. For a majority of my marriage, I was the breadwinner. I was the income provider. I was the one creating the stability and the security and all of that. Part of the reason being, and that is patriarchal and intergenerational trauma wounding right there, is because my mother um, kind of planted the seed, the limiting belief that as a woman, you have to do it all because you cannot trust your partner or you cannot trust your husband or, you know, God forbid you ask for any help from anybody. So the version of myself that I was then was somebody who was strong, independent, uh, from the outside, you'd probably look at her and be like, dude, she is a modern day feminist, right? She is like doing the things, wearing the pants in the house, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And deep down inside, I was fucking burned out. I was doing all of the things that the patriarchy said that I should do in order to be a worthy ass woman and deserving of um, all of the riches in this society, so to speak. But I was literally withering inside, like just withering inside. And on the outside, I was like, I am strong. I am independent. I can do it all. I am supporting my family. I am this, I am that, blah, 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 blah. like all of the things. And you know, I think like that version of me, if I think about her, she was so performative. Everything and in this in the way of like, I only felt good enough if I was high performing. 
If I was not high performing and high achieving, where is my place in this world? And in addition to all of that, there is the added layer of being a woman of color. And in addition to that, there's the added layer of being a daughter of immigrants. So in all of that, there is the weaved in story of I have to be independent. Plus, God forbid anybody sees you as less than because, you know, you're your daughter of immigrant and this is your story and this is what like your life is like and this is where you've come from. So it's like pressure under pressure over pressure over pressure was who I was then. The version of myself that I am now, um, it's funny. I, I love the slowness of life. I love the intentionality of watching nature as she moves around me. I love feeling my body in every which way it experiences life around me. I, like... I experience life as an orgasm is like what I like to say in terms of the version that I am today. And I don't know if I ever would have been that way or been able to experience that because of the fact that the other things that I was experiencing is go hard and or nothing at all. And now I get to really anchor in the awe and wonder that is deep inside of my body. Can I ask you something? Because this conversation happens so often, especially with my clients who are thinking about divorce and, you know, there there's that whole financial component of they're either going to have to work harder because now they're going to be on their own. So even if during the marriage, they were either bringing the bacon home or they were supporting with the raising of the children, they feel this fear. Or if they were stay-at-home moms and they were like, well, I don't even know how I'm going to survive this. How do you find that you can still be strong, independent, and care for yourself while keeping that feminine, sensual slowness. It almost seems like they contradict each other. Like we have to be productive. And especially when we want to step into, okay, maybe I'm going to be by myself for a minute. It feels very scary because then it feels like you won't be able to get into that feminine slowness. Mm -hmm. I think for me, it's, it's in practice and ritual. So the one thing that I say to my clients is that, um, or I say a lot of things to my clients. <laughs> one of the things that I like, like to drive home as a truth or maybe just sacred wisdom is that life is a celebration. You are the ritual, your body is the altar. And so with all of that in mind, like one of my devotional practices to self-love for myself is looking at myself in the mirror every single day and asking myself, who do I want to arrive to be? Who is the version of myself that I truly want to embody today? And oftentimes what arrives to me is the version of myself that my kids have yet to see which is an integrated woman, which is a woman who nourishes herself, which is a woman who, take care, who, who takes care of herself deeply. And also I think, um, you know, my, my divorce was a bit traumatic in the sense that we didn't e expect to lose the co-parent that is my ex-husband. He's still with us, meaning he's still alive. However, I mean, we don't share 50-50 custody. I have my kids practically um, full-time because they they kind of had a falling out with him. And 
you know, just relationships. Relationships are complicated. So I'll leave it with that. Um, and so the idea that I would have 50% of time and have all that spaciousness after divorce was not actually my reality. So I am single momming it to a certain degree and full-timing it. However, one of the things that is a little bit unique and different is that I was able to sustain a relationship with my secondary partner. And so I do have a primary partner uh, at the moment who is a divine life partner. So I'm lucky in that, that I, that I was able to cultivate love through my divorce and have that still, which means that I have the, the support of somebody who can help to create that spaciousness in my life. However, the journey of accepting and sinking into that spaciousness was not easy because as an independent woman, when you have somebody who actually wants to offer you support or be the divine masculine that is there to be that structure, your whole inner inner self and all of the traumas inside of you and all of the wounding is going, this is not safe. This is not real. What is this? I don't understand this, blah, 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 blah. So anchoring into that softness really was about developing a sensual self-care um, practice that allowed me to tap back into my feminine. And sometimes, honestly, it is listening to the way the water is spilling on the dishes. It is listening to the way the broom might sound when I'm sweeping the floors. And as a Tantra um, teacher and devotee to Tantra, one of the lessons in Tantra principles is to find the divinity or the sacredness in the mundane. And what I love about Tantra is that in the lineage that I was taught, it actually was developed for the householders because they weren't allowed to worship um, in the temples. And so as a householder, you know, when it came to how do I become spiritually awakened? How do I come? How do I how do I connect with the divine is what they would ask their, you know, husbands or partners who were the gurus and going and practicing. The answer was always find the sacred in the mundane. Find the beauty and the radiance in the mundane. And that was how I connected more deeper into the feminine. How do I find the divinity in looking at my toes? in my body? How do I find sacredness in play of maybe it being so simple as playing or creating a puzzle or putting together a puzzle with my kids or having conversation or cooking? In all of those experiences, I find a way to call in that divine energy, which is all really about being receptive, being open, allowing yourself to surrender, creating more play in your life, and ultimately uh, just surrendering into the beauty of what is. Is that how the sexual wealth is brought into our life? Yeah, I think so. I, I would say so. I mean, sexual wealth to me is, you know, as I mentioned, it's a culmination of presence, abundance, prosperity, pleasure, and peace as it relates to somebody's identity. And um, oftentimes cultivating that sense of presence is really about practicing sensuality. And sensuality to me is, uh, is very simply 
the language in which the body communicates through its sensory experience. That's it, plain and simple. And one of my favorite trauma experts, Gabor Mate, talks about how as human beings, we are born to feel, we are born to experience, we are born with needs and wants. And I think, you know, sensuality is one of those ways to really connect with what we need, what we want, and also our self-expression. So, you know, sexual wealth is also like the, the culmination of understanding one's erotic intelligence and relational intelligence as well. And so knowing what is uh, your deep erotic essence or even your personality or your authentic way of expressing yourself with your eroticism, which essentially is, again, arrows and it's just life force energy. How do you move through that? And the relational piece is about connection and expansion with the other people around you and the life around you. And so moving through that in terms of sexual wealth is really about finding your definition of that abundance and really pushing that to the edges as much as you can. That's what you do with your um, clients. I, I was looking at the Bougie Bruja experience and you have a retreat coming up. So what is it that happens in those containers when people come and work with you? Yeah, so a session is oftentimes, I like to call them, like I like to refer to my sessions as a, as a place where I do ministry. And so we dive into any kind of like coaching practice like usual, um, but there's a certain framework in it. And we also then work through trauma integration or some sort of emotional freedom technique that is a blend of what I do. And it's all about somatics in the body. Oftentimes, I think in therapy, and I love therapy, by the way, so this is not to say to not to like, you know, break up with your therapist or that therapy is not a, a beautiful healing modality. But oftentimes when we overprocess something, we actually get further and further away from experiencing safety in the body. And so one of the ways in which we recreate that in a session is allowing the body to get to more of a primal way of expressing itself through somatic experiencing, through being able to uh, feel the felt experience of the body. And I mix a lot of ritual or ancient tools through Tantra in a lot of uh, my coaching experiences or in the sessions itself, uh, because there's a there's an element of being able to, to, to look at your sexuality from the lens of sacred that allows us to get away from sex being an act of doing to sex as a way of being, which is ultimately the the goal, at least, of, of how I like to um, bring my clients through that journey is to see themselves as a beautiful sexual being and that every aspect of them is natural and good and amazing and worthy of celebration and love. Mm, what a deliciously healing experience that sounds. Would you let us know? I think that you have a retreat coming up in March, right? What are I the do. Yeah. So we have the Awakening Sexual, um, Awakening the Sensual Body Retreat, and that is going to be hosted at Love Farm in Northern California. The dates for that are March 10th through 12th. Um, I co-host that with one of my best friends who is also a sexual empowerment coach. So you get two of us guiding you through sensual practices and sacred sensuality practices. And yeah, it's a beautiful experience. We actually have two more spots left. 
left, um, which is really exciting. And this is the third retreat and the last two retreats that we've had have sold out. So I'm really excited to be diving back into the farm and doing this with a, a gathering of intimate women. I'll put all the details on the notes, but Beautiful. I wanted to ask you one last question before I ask you the two questions yeah. that I asked all the guests. And is you mentioned at the beginning how you started all this work as a way of figuring out what, what kind of information you were going to pass to your children. And I'm curious to know if you have figured it out and what will be that message that you want to transfer to other mothers who want to raise children that are conscious about this way of living in sensual connection. Mm, you know, I think the biggest thing is for other mothers, I mean, to not be afraid of their body. You know, there is no other force greater than a woman who knows herself deeply and who knows herself intimately and who can also be deeply connected to her body, her womb wisdom, her pussy energy, whatever you want to name that. It truly is no other force than that that is um, greater. And so I think I would say, you know, don't be afraid of your body and also don't be afraid of changing the narratives of what sex and love may have meant for you and really inviting a conversation of sexuality or sensuality that could be extremely empowering for the future generations. One of the things that I say to my kids and the, the wisdom that I like pass down to them is that sex can exist without love and love can exist without sex. And if somebody had told me that when I was a teenager, trying to learn what it meant to be uh, a woman, uh, navigating relationships with other people, I probably would have been able to have a little bit more sovereignty and agency when it came to my body and my pleasure and who I get to give it to or uh, offer it to. The other thing is that your sexuality is yours first and foremost. You get to decide who, who gets invited into this experience with you. And I think that's really important as well, because so oftentimes we just give our pleasure out to somebody else or we think somebody else is in charge of our pleasure. And that's actually not the case. It's really about you. Yeah. And I love the part about don't be afraid of your body. And I always add as well and honor it and respect yeah. it and being so grateful. It's not just our temple, which is amazing. It's like where we hold all of our psyche and body and everything but it's also an amusement park so like, there's oh. many places to actually yeah. derive a lot of pleasure and fun from our bodies so yeah not yeah. being afraid, being willing to explore it and knowing that there is no shame there is no um all these fear-based um messages that we were raised with that's just part of the past this, this yeah element. there's exactly like there's no right or wrong to explore or experience or pleasure you know you your body is an instrument if your body was a musical instrument and you were the musician wouldn't you want to beckon this musician this like in musical instrument as much as you can and play with it and learn it and hear all the sounds that it makes and the way it creates magic and mystery in the world i would <laughs> I will play all the notes all day long. So. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. I love this message. Um, okay. So we're wrapping it up. Um, I got a couple of questions. Um, your exciting life. Yeah. At this point, what's your next great chapter? What's coming up for you? Uh, 
You know, it's really funny. I'm working on really um, honing in a few of like rebranding, rebranding my offerings. But really when I think about my next chapter, what I'm excited to anchor into is this deepening of the fierce matriarch that is rising um, after the divorce and what I like to refer to as the creative destruction of my life, which was the divorce itself. And in getting to know this fierce matriarch that literally is an archetype that's rising within me, I'm really, really excited to witness my children move out of my house and and go to college. The the older one is 19 and we're working on helping them uh, become a really well-educated, you know, young adult who has the skills to get out there and hopefully self-sustain themselves. And my younger one is going to be in eighth grade next year, which means it's like the pre-party to high school. (laughs) And I think what I'm most excited about is, is really teaching my, my kids how to be human and what it means to relate to other people and also their bodies. So I'm really excited for that in my own personal chapter. And that experience oftentimes weaves itself into work in some way, shape or form. So I'm really excited for that. And, you know, I guess in work-wise, I am developing and creating right now a nine-month mastermind called Rebirth which mimics the three trimesters of pregnancy. And the whole um, transformation behind that is, you know, really allowing a multifaceted, multidimensional woman to birth herself a new identity, one that is beyond all of the societal conditioning and the cultural stories that she has woven into her DNA from this point, and really allowing her to become the Phoenix of the Rising, the Phoenix Rising. Which isn't it amazing that we do live at a time where we are allowed to do that. And when what you were saying about your divorce, I often see divorce as an invitation for an initiation. You don't have to take it. You can just take it as the destructive force that it is and not rebuild. But I think that if you want to accept the the rite of passage that it is, you can build stronger after that, which I honestly don't think that was available for previous generations. But the fact that we have that possibility now and we have guides like you, I am so happy that you're putting this work out in the world. And I hope that your women find you. Mm, Thank you so much. And the last question is, where do you see our beautiful world next great chapter? Mm. I I really see this world and it's going to take probably years from now and that's okay. I think we're in the start, but I really do see this like rise of sacred feminism and hopefully the rise of more of a matriarchal society where everything is about community, where everything is about everyone building together in cohesion. Um, And I don't know, I'm really excited for that, even though I know that there's a possibility that my generation may may never see that, my kids' generation may never see that, but I think we're planting the seeds towards that direction. And to me, that's all that matters. Yes, yes. Thank you so much, Joe, for being with us today. Where would be the best place for people to find you? 
You can find me on all things social at I am Joe Portia. That's J-O-P-O-R-T-I-A. Um, and then you can also find me on my website, which is joeportia.com. Perfect. And like I said, I will add everything to the show notes, but I really want to thank you for your time and for putting this beautiful work out in the world. Thank you so much, Joe. Thank you. And for everybody else, I will see you next week. Aloha. Hey, if you're passionate about helping others move to the next chapter and want to join one of the fastest growing industries, I would like to invite you to my upcoming training to become a certified holistic divorce coach. Just head over to olganadal.com and click on the Holistic Divorce Institute tab. I can't wait to meet you inside the program.